Perhaps you've seen the viral videos, which many people claim are glitches in our reality. Inexplainable events that prove we are living in a simulated world. The idea might sound like a casual conversation you'd hear after watching The Matrix, but actually, as of late, it's become the subject of serious academic debate, particularly since 2016, when before a large audience of people, famous technology entrepreneur Elon Musk confidently suggested that the odds are that reality is actually a computer simulation run by a more advanced intelligence. He gave this perfectly sensical explanation why. That 40 years ago, we had Pong, two rectangles and a dot. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D with millions playing simultaneously. Musk explained that the degree of technological advancement in video games in just 40 years was so phenomenal that it's clear they would become indistinguishable from reality, which meant that the odds that we're in a base reality right now is one in millions. Could it be true that life is just a cruel joke and that everything we see, hear, say, touch, smell, and think is little more than an ultra-sophisticated video game in which we believe we have free will? As it turns out, this concept has been explored from both an ancient spiritual and a current scientific model. The different angles merge in Thomas W. Campbell's book, The Big Theory of Everything, or The Big Toe, where the simulation theory becomes the most compelling and logical answer to long-withstanding questions regarding the nature of reality. Join the universe inside you, create a new reality, and explore the idea that your life is a simulation serving a higher intelligence and a school for your consciousness, where you graduate when you discover that everything you are experiencing gets projected from inside of you. By definition, a simulation is an imitation of a situation or process. Beyond video games, simulations are used mostly for training in unique or extreme conditions. So, advanced simulations might bring to mind goofy-looking goggles. Since its invention, however, the ultimate goal of simulation has been to hack the brain neurologically, to simulate virtual reality directly into it. This means that the characters would believe they are independent and alive, but in fact are mere virtual creations. Could this have already been accomplished? Could our entire reality be virtual? According to ancient wisdom, yes. The theory that reality is not real goes back thousands of years. Take, for example, the Tao, which describes a mysterious, numinous unity underlying and sustaining all things. It is inaccessible to normal thought, language, or perception, but is omnipresent. In Hinduism, the word Maya means unreal or deceit. It's the state when the mind confuses the myriad forms of the world as real, without understanding the unity that binds them all together. Yogi Vashishta says, 
The world is nothing but a mere vibration of consciousness in space. It seems to exist, even as a goblin seems to exist in the eyes of the ignorant. All this is but Maya, for here there is no contradiction between the infinite consciousness and the apparent existence of the universe. It is like the marvelous dream of a person who is awake. In the Kabbalah, the world in which we live is referred to by the Zohar as Alma de Shikra, which means the world of illusion or the world of lies. In Buddhism, reality is seen as a projection resulting from the fruition of karmic seeds which are called sanskaras. Author Don Miguel Ruiz shares about Toltec wisdom, an ancient Mexican culture. He says this, The Toltecs believed that life is a dream and that we are always dreaming, even when awake. It's as though we are starring in our own movie and following a script we write ourselves. All those around us are starring in their own movie based on their concepts of the world. The Toltecs actually said, Every human is an artist. The dream of your life is to make beautiful art. So evidently, illusion and the dream are consistent themes in our ancient spiritual texts. As we entered the technical age, however, the dream transformed into the word simulation and the concept of the higher intelligence or button pushers took on new life too. Some calling the creator future humans, extraterrestrials, or even artificial intelligence. Of course, the question remains, which is it? And if it's true, can we know? One brilliant writer, Philip K. Dick, believed he might have discovered the answer. On an otherwise normal February day in 1974, then little-known science fiction author Philip K. Dick was at home following oral surgery, painfully anticipating the delivery of his medication and listening to the Beatles' song Strawberry Fields Forever. The doorbell finally rang, and when he opened it, he experienced a momentary epiphany unlike anything he'd ever experienced before as he stared at a fish necklace on the woman standing at the door. Dick described that moment as an invasion by a transcendent higher mind. He said there was timelessness and that he was without thought, without a sense of self, but entirely consumed by information. It was a moment of pure consciousness when he said, he saw the universe as it is. Dick said, A bioplasmic, orgone-like energy entered me, or rose up in me, and caused changes. One enormous miracle. And heightened awareness caused me to see a different universe. I experienced an invasion of my mind by a transcendentally rational mind, as if I'd been insane all my life, and suddenly I'd become sane. In this euphoric state, Dick described multiple parallel realities. Timelines 
coexisting with our present one. The hallucinations increased in length and frequency over the following month, and he began to experience what he identified as a parallel life, as the man Thomas, a Christian in the first century AD. He described being persecuted by the Romans, and he had memories of Jesus. During one such episode, though he had never studied Latin, Dick spoke it perfectly, as witnessed by his close friend who had learned the language. Another result of this epiphany was that Philip K. Dick began experiencing clairvoyance. To such degree, he was able to intuit a life-threatening condition that was plaguing his infant son, which was confirmed after the child was rushed to the hospital. The insight saved the baby's life. During the month of these heightened moments of awareness, Dick tried to convey the wisdom he was receiving through writing, and he stopped at no less than 9,000 pages, what is now known as the Exegesis of Philip K. Dick. Perhaps the most intriguing part of this story is the conclusion that he drew as a result. He said, We are living in a computer-programmed reality, and the only clue we have to it is when some variable is changed and some alteration in our reality occurs, creating a deja vu. These impressions are valuable and significant when some variable is changed, an alternative world branches off. While many critics have assumed that Dick was experiencing the result of a drug-induced hallucination, his content has been deeply studied, and he's been the subject of TED Talks. And he's not alone. Other authors and spiritual leaders share similar epiphanies. For example, Byron Katie, whose book Loving What Is was written after a similar epiphany involving hitting bottom and observing a cockroach crawl across the floor. Eckhart Tolle, whose book The Power of Now was written after an epiphany that left him to sit in the park for two years to marvel at his new perception of reality. Anita Morjani, who experienced an out-of-body state as she lay dying, and described seeing the alternative timelines not taken in her life and those yet to come. She described it as though floodlights turned on in a massive warehouse where she had been living life under the perspective of a mere flashlight. Since these life-changing moments, all these authors have experienced a heightened sense of peace, wisdom, and understanding. A contemporary version of the life simulation theory was introduced in 2003 by a British philosopher at the University of Oxford whose name was Nicholas Bostrom. Simply put, he argues that given where we are in the creation of computer simulations, one of the following results with respect to them must be true. 1. Humans will go extinct before they're able to make simulations. 2. Future humans will choose, for whatever reason, not to continue developing simulation. Or 3. 
You are living in a computer simulation. Seeing the first two are unlikely, Bostrom believes that advanced future civilizations would run equally advanced computer simulations of past civilizations, what he calls ancestor simulations, to study ourselves. He crunched the numbers to prove that a computer system the size of a large planet could, in fact, simulate all human consciousness for all beings since time began on Earth. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson also believes we're living in a simulation for the same reasons. He says that because we have the power to program an entire world inside of a computer, imagine the future when we can create characters who perceive they exist independently of their creators. And then they create their own simulations, which means now you have simulations inside simulations, going all the way down. So, says Tyson, what is the likelihood that you're in the top one, the ultimate reality? You are probably made by a hyper-advanced alien basement dweller, or your creator might be better known as a simulated computer nerd. What may be the best explanation of this theory is made by a scientist and physicist named Thomas W. Campbell. With impressive credentials that include specialization in experimental nuclear physics, Campbell served in the defense industry for decades, for the Army's technical intelligence, and later in U.S. missile defense. In his richly detailed trilogy, my Big Toe, an acronym for My Big Theory of Everything, Campbell offers immaculate logic explaining how a multitude of seeming unnatural and contradictory occurrences, such as these, actually make sense when we come to understand that consciousness is simply information, and we are generating perception from our consciousness. For example, your eyes receive light, your ears receive sound. It's all information. These electrical impulses end up in neurological patterns. But if you were in a dark cave, your brain could still receive the same pattern of neural stimulation through your imagination. The perception is generated inside the brain, not outside of it. According to Campbell, we each make our own reality, and I only get a shadow of yours, so I must interpret what you say or do. No one experiences the exact same reality. We all receive and generate different information, and we are all a part of this larger unified consciousness system, just pieces of it, as it were, separate constructs in a unified field. It's a multiplayer game, just like World of Warcraft, with our own independent data stream. If consciousness is a pure data field that is self-aware and evolving, it can exist in two states, a system aware and unaware of these states. Different players, which are each a part of us, 
interact with each other with a perception of free will. Our relationships are what help the system to evolve. So the goal of a virtual game is to win by experiencing challenges which are then overcome. This virtual physical reality is our schoolhouse. We are characters evolving in consciousness, says Campbell. We are evolving through an information system. As Campbell points out, when we understand and embrace that we are living a dream that we create, the theory unifies otherwise contradictory concepts, like physics with metaphysics, and the normal with paranormal. Everything that is an anomaly makes sense if you realize that you are creating it. In his famous 2017 TED Talk, Your Brain Hallucinates Your Conscious Reality, cognitive neuroscientist Anil Seth claimed this, Hallucination is an uncontrolled perception. Perception is a controlled hallucination. These simplified explanations of the simulation theory barely scratch the surface of this complex subject. But the philosophy is broken down into simple language in Jeff Street's upcoming book, The Grounds of Existence, which is available on his website, divine-cosmos.net. In it, he explains how consciousness is the ultimate computer generating symbolic representation of reality. How the props in our world are imaginary, but the experiences that we have are very real. And the empowering understanding that as information entities, we cannot be harmed by any games that we play in this thing we call life. Street also explains that in fact, suffering becomes the best stimulus for growth and evolution. To learn compassion, to learn non-judgment, and to master our belief system. And our belief system serves, in fact, as the confirmation that we are truly creating our world from within. You may prefer to believe that you're only a material form in a physical world, but if you do, just remember the next time you sing this harmless little lullaby, someone wanted to remind you of otherwise. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily.